When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. Glad you guys have returned to your normal bodies this week. That you're not, you know, that you yeah, guys want to being Keith and Mike anymore. You know, the, the, the Freaky Friday trope has played out. So Yeah, you know, like, we're not one for repeating bits, you know? Right, right. So anyway, this week we're going to be talking about <laughs> issues one through three of volume two of tmnt so still in the mirage era uh this all started off in 1993 and it's in color and it's in color yeah yeah like there's there's a lot of like uh i don't want to say firsts for volume two but um for a lot of people i don't this is probably going to be your first introduction to volume two um of tmnt like i was doing some research and like nobody talks about volume two yeah it's just like i i just did a search on youtube and like there's no videos like no hidden volume of teenage mutant Ninja turtles and stuff like it's all kind of lumped in with volume one i think yeah it's kind of it's got the like middle child syndrome you know like it's it's only 13 issues it's after like the huge city at war before like the really extreme image stuff. So, yeah. Mm. And I mean, there's also the problem that it, it was ended early because of the flood of Mirage studios. So, you know, there's Wait, that. really, it just ended because there was a flood. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It's somewhere. I think it said on Turtlepedia is where I read that one. But that's why, huh. like, that's why the run is only 13 issues. And when we get to the end, the end will feel very rushed. It'll feel like, oh, you know, they just like ended it super quick. Like, yeah, oh, I, we make an ending. No. I read it for the first time earlier this year in like an afternoon. And like the last four or five issues, I was like, man, this is just breakneck pace. I, mm. I had no idea it was a flood. Is that when they decided to license it out to Image as well? Or was that already in the works? Do you know? I think that's probably when they decided to do it. I mean, they... Yeah, that's probably when it was, because I mean, you had Kevin Eastman and Simon Bisley during that transition were doing body count. Yeah, like that's why body count is hard to get as normal issues because it was like half printed by Mirage, half printed by Image. Um, so there's there's that whole deal. But yeah, it's it was it was ended early. Um, the interesting thing though is that and we'll talk about it more in the second time around but you can see some of the ideas that are used in like the 2003 series kind of also starting here they build more on it in the cartoon but 
you can see them showing up here. Well, um, should we get into it? Yeah, let's tell a story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. Well, you know, since this was my first introduction to Volume 2, I'm going to start off this uh, storytelling bit. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one of Volume 2, released originally in December 1993, covered by A.C. Farley, Jim and Jim on Story and Pencils, inks by Jason and Tim. Do we decide how to say his middle name? Timujian? minor i think so um, yeah mary woodring on colors mary and jim woodring on the original colors and then digicore design did the idw reprint of it mary kelleher on letters our story opens with splinters bleeding and lifeless body slumped up against the wall a turtle standing over him with a bloody hand can be seen in the foreground Splinter wakes up to Donatello serving him his morning tea. Splinter tells him that they need to get to the Tory as a, he had a vision in a dream and requires further enlightenment in order to ascertain what it means. Donatello joins his father in meditation and sees himself in the future, walking through a village with Mount Fuji off in the distance. He realizes it's Japan, and when he comes to, he tells Splinter about it. Splinter identifies this town as Chihaya, his birthplace. Donatello asks him why he would go there, and Splinter hesitates for a moment before answering, to bury me. Casey's napping on the couch when he's suddenly awakened by a top-heavy, dark reflection of himself scarfing on pizza. He tells Casey that he is the one who took Gabriel, and he threatens to take Shadow next. Casey wakes up for real this time and, awake and goes to ensure that Shadow is okay. Casey's telling April about their, his bad dream when April starts to describe her own bad dream being chased through the sewers by mousers and being saved by Baxter Stockman. But this Stockman looked different where he had a bunch of tubes and wires coming out of his face and an evil smirk. Blaming the previous night's pizza, April tells him to throw it out. Meanwhile, Raph is walking through the sewer when he hears someone. He runs to find out who it is, only to find a rat climbing across the rope. He snaps the rope to throw it off and watches it fall only to look up and realize that the rope is now the tail of a giant rat. The rat knocks Raph through a wall where his unconscious body now lays in front of Leo, strapped to a table. A triceraton picks up Raph and straps him to a table as well, and another alien places a helmet on him. The, aliens, the other aliens then begin to inject Leo with something, screaming no the entire time. The credits roll, signifying that the previous film has been a Michelangelo production. And Mikey turns off the TV. Old storytelling. You know, definitely uh, <laughs> an interesting first issue. Yeah, I, it's a weird one. Definitely. Yeah, I'm so glad I did not get that issue. <laughs> <laughs> the dreamlike, you know, uh, foreshadowing issue. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But first, uh, let me talk about TMNT Volume 2, Number 2. Uh, this is titled Winds of Change on the Mirage Studios website, but I actually I didn't find that in the book at all, um, just on the on the internet. Uh, this was published in December of 1993, stories and pencils by Jim Lawson, inks by Jason Tamujan Minor, letters by Mary Kelleher, colors by Eric Vincent, and cover by Peter Laird. 
So Leo, Raph, and Mike are hanging out in the basement of April's new building. Mike's decided to keep a journal and reveals that he has a code for Raph in his journal. A means that Raph hates everything. B is Raph uh, hates everything and is openly aggressive. And C is Raph off sulking by himself. Uh, Raph thinks this place has become a little bit too crowded and decides to move out. Leo lets him go because Raph is old enough to make his own decisions. Meanwhile, somewhere in the American Southwest lies the headquarters for DARPA, the Defense and Research Projects Administration. It's a highly secure facility and someone has infiltrated a robotics lab, killing several guards in the process. In Northampton, Don is doing some yard work and has to duck behind a fence to avoid being spotted by some evangelists handing out flyers. Back in New York, Leo is on an exercise run, noting that his brothers are drifting apart and wondering if Splinter or the Foot Clan was what has been keeping them together all these years. With the Foot Clan gone, what do they have now? Uh, he hears a drive-by shooting on the street below and it intervenes, jumping on the car and stabbing through the hood, crashing it. He doubles back to see the drive-by victim dying on the sidewalk. He thinks about it being the kid's destiny, but finds comfort believing that's not true and that there's some kind of controlling force in the world. Back in the DARPA robotics lab, we see a man shave off his hair and draw some guidelines on his bald head. Turns out it's Baxter Stockman. The end. And so that picks up then for me in my story. So this one was released on February of 1994. Uh, story is still by Jim, story and pencils are still by Jim Lawson. Inks are still by Jason Tabujin Minor. Letters are still by Mel, Mel, bleh, Mel, Mary Kelleher. There we go. I can speak. So. Jackson Starkman sitting in the lab, putting his brain in a robot. One of these guys walks in and he stabs him 37 times in the chest, more or less. So, <laughs> how, how, how it plays out exactly in the comic book, and it's less of a joke. Uh, outside of the lab, a group of guards tries to access and get in uh, where Baxter Stockman is. They finally get in and discover dead bodies, including the lifeless body of Baxter Stockman with the top of his head cut off. Uh, they are then surprised and attacked, surprise attacked by a robot that massacres them all. Baxter, the robot, then removes the glasses from his corpse and packs them up and leaves. Uh, with the rent for our heroes right now, Raphael finds an abandoned church to live in. Uh, cops show up at the farmhouse in response to people reporting that someone is squatting there and Don has to hide from it and successfully does so. The cop leaves. Uh, a guy that looks like Mr. Clean in a bathrobe steps out on his apartment balcony uh, and talks to his neighbor about the new landlady. Leo and Mike talk, and Mike says that uh, he wants to actually stay in April's apartment and not move out with Leo uh, because he really wants to stay near Shadow because he loves her. In like a totally paternal, you know, uncle kind of way, not, not a creepy way. Leo thinks it's probably a good idea that they all split up a little and kind of go their own separate ways. And then you see Baxter Stockman as a robot emerge in the middle of the desert in the final panels. The end. That was uh, certainly, certainly an opening to uh, volume two. Yeah, it's pretty wild. 
we can talk about it a little bit more in the second time around. I think so. Hey, nice junk. So the first thing I do want to bring up is I kind of messed up last episode. I said that you could find these uh, issues in books seven, eight, and nine. There's actually 10 books in the series. I knew it was the last three, but I thought there were nine. There's 10. So these are actually eight, nine, and 10 of the series teenage mutant ninja turtles classics yeah kind of threw me off when i was looking <laughs> when i was looking for it that was my bad i was like but spencer said i know i know what i said give us a turtle card you have four left <laughs> one for each turtle right right so um yeah it's the only way to read them in a reprinted manner uh the issues aren't horribly expensive on the on, on the internet if you find them they're usually you know anywhere from like 14 to 20 something bucks at least the first ones yeah like it, i mean and that goes back to what i what i mentioned at the top of the show like it feels like a lot of people don't really realize that volume two exists or like they do and they just kind of don't care you know like when you hear tmnt volume or number one like everybody thinks of the 1984 issue mm-hmm. You know, and like nobody talks about Mirage and or Mirage Volume Two, and it's funny. Like looking at the cover, it's such a like it's very early nineties, like of issue one. The yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like, and I'm I'm talking about like the typeface, like the coloring. Um, and doing a little research, like I uh, apparently Peter uh, was coloring the the covers um, in Photoshop. Oh. Yeah, you, you can really tell looking like issue, issue one is a, a AC Farley painting and everything after that, like you can just tell they just discovered Photoshop. Yeah, having a great time with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so P- Peter says that he's doing a horrible job in Photoshop. I think I think issue two isn't bad. Um, it's definitely like he's definitely like using the pre-built filters and stuff. And mm-hmm. stuff. Um but it's like it's not bad and the, and this is like what 92 or 94 94 yeah so like very early is, photoshop yeah like this is early photoshop it's not bad and it seems like peter got the hang of it mm-hmm. it's actually i, I think just, it's so early that there wasn't a preview option in photoshop like very early ro- versions of photoshop were like i just wonder preview. i just wonder if peter was doing this with um with a mouse or I mean, I don't think they had, you know, drawing tablets back then. I don't think so. I, wonder, I bet he probably like scanned it in maybe and then worked from that. I know, but but that's what I'm saying. Like he yeah. scanned it in and then was drawing with the mouse, like coloring this with a mouse. It's impressive. I don't know. I use an iPad and my Apple Pencil now. It's, I, I remember back then, like Windows 95 era, um, 98, I was drawing in ms paint with my mouse <laughs> yeah so yeah so eastman and laird are both working on the covers and the opening for issue one peter laird says that him and eastman are co-plotting this series but they're not listed as writers anywhere it's just uh jim lawson so i don't know what kind of involvement they had in the series uh story-wise yeah it it definitely seems like in some parts they're setting up for the last Ronin, like with Donatello being in Japan to bury Splinter. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that that was a spot 
for the, that was a, a thing for the last round and you know donatello mm -hmm. was supposed to be in japan especially yeah. them just kind of splitting up in general i think this was supposed to be the beginning of that it makes sense uh these three books were published with a backup called imp or imp i, I can't tell if you're supposed to say imp or sound it out but uh it's by lawson and talbert eric talbot and uh it features a giant robot that looks like beta ray bill uh it adds up to like 12 pages but it's kind of cool so if you have the physical issues check it out yeah other thing i want to mention is i did kind of screw up continuity again um in the savage dragon crossover donatello was with them in new york and his leg was definitely not broken issue one donatello's leg is broken in volume two so the Savage Dragon crossover must have happened somewhere during City at War, during one of those periods where they weren't like fighting the foot or anything was going on. Because speaking of, like, there's a callback to the Savage Dragon crossover when Raph goes into the church in uh, um, issue three. Yeah. Yeah, he mentions that he oh, he pulls a a blanket off of a gargoyle and is like, "Don't be coming to life on me." Uh, type thing yeah it's kind of cute yeah so savage dragon crossover must have happened what like shortly after they decided not to intervene when that kid was getting bullied or something when they just like had no idea what they were doing yeah like, i guess gargoyle will fight that because, because... <laughs> yeah there's those whole period there's like those whole periods of like months you know in between some of those first issues when they're in new york of like you know of a month i guess from issue to issue so i guess it must have been somewhere in there yeah you know they were hearing about a gargoyle and they're like well we should probably take care of that i guess but aren't doing anything today um in these issues a lot of the ads that we've gotten are the same ones we've had before uh for like pioneers and xenotech and space usagi we do get an ad for a two-part casey jones miniseries by rick veach and kevin eastman which looks pretty cool uh it's called north by down east I've never read it. I don't know how it is, but it looks really, really badass. Yeah, I haven't read it either. I, I want to read it on the show sometime, but the issue is is getting a hold of those issues. Yeah. Because it's a Rick Veach story, so it hasn't been reprinted anyway. Of course. Enemy of the show, Rick Veach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> on the list of enemies, he's very low. <laughs> he's written some great stuff, you know, and, and I he has rick if you want to come on the show and clear your name we would love to give you the opportunity yeah, yeah i mean he, he's talked about in other interviews you know the issue was is that he didn't want to he originally signed the deal saying that he would get paid for every issue sold and everything else like that and then peter tried to well, not Peter himself, but the suits he brought in, I guess, you know, yeah. tried to go and buy up all of these issues, full rights, everything to, to own them all collectively. And uh, he refused to let them do that. And so that's why this, his books have been stuck in limbo. Well, it's a good thing they're not canon. Yeah. Um, we do get a note in this, in the third issue that uh, Mirage is actually delaying some publications. So the saying, if it's not late, it's not Mirage is entirely accurate like basically their entire next uh imprint that they've been like amping up all through city at war they're kind of canceling until the fall so stupid heroes two two and three xenotech two and three and bioneers one through three are all canceled for at least six months uh and they cite 
um, a lack of colorists and uh, just late shipping problems is, is the issue there. So the move to color <laughs> apparently caused some issues around Mirage. Yeah, the other thing is, uh, yeah, this is like the first time we get to see Baxter Stockman kind of become a brain in a robot. So if you're a fan of the 2003 series like me, this is probably where that idea came from, where he kind of ends up just becoming a brain in a jar with robot parts and stuff. Uh, and what a robot it is. Yeah. It's quite the robot. Yeah. That's like, that's a very Peter Laird-y design. You know, it's just like kind of all over the place, but still has like a Nikon camera for its uh, That eyes. cracked me up. Like the <laughs> detail on that, like it, it's like weird alien looking robot thing with Nikon lenses. I did not notice that. Oh, I don't know how you couldn't. It's like, it's very clearly spelled out Nikon. <laughs> yeah, it's the panel where he's like putting his glasses into his uh pocket. It's like, yeah, it's like zoomed uh, in like on the three lenses. It actually says Nikon on it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. like around around the rim of the lens. It, it Not only does it say Nikon, it says like what kind of lens it is. Yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah. it's like a very specific Nikon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Peter Laird likes what he likes. And yeah. Right. He likes it. It shows up in a comic book. <laughs> and there you go. The Nikon's Diet Pepsi and MacBooks, right? <laughs> uh, another thing I noticed, um, you know, we're talking about how Volume Two kind of inspired other things. I mean, like Raph moving into a church, like you know, that's that was the Turtles' home for a while in uh, in uh, IDW. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it also, I think that church is what becomes their collective home in volume three as well, because they all kind of get back together in that. I like the, the idea of the turtles living in an abandoned church. I wish they did that more. Yeah, there is some. Yeah, like it's it's cool. Yeah, and I, I feel like it also would be the perfect place for them to get their lair invaded again, because like a fight with like stained glass windows and stuff, like in the background, they're kind of broken and like gargoyles and broken statues and things like that and pews it just seems like the perfect spot for a really cool epic fight yeah uh 100 agree i think that would be great like more turtles in churches please um that's that, hmm? that's all i got for these issues for second time around yeah um that one guy looks like mr clean and uh, <laughs> what was his name mr bronze mr bronze yes yeah mr bronze that's his name does he predate Mr. Clean? When did Mr. Clean come out? No, Mr. Clean's been around for years. Um, well, so is Mr. Bronze, though. This was 94. He's almost, what, 40 years old? Uh, almost 30 years old. Um, but so, like, and so him and, uh, I forget the little old lady's name, but, like, they're complaining about, like, April just moving in and all of a sudden raising rents, which, like, that's kind of a, it's kind of a shitty move, April. Like, we get that you own the building now, but come on. I mean, you know, she's just updating it. You know, like the old lady before was just <laughs> rent where it was at. And Naples like, oh, no, this is worth way more now because rent's going up. And it never stopped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Clean introduced in 1958. So, uh, my, Mike, you can have one of my turtle cards. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it kind of predates <laughs> turtles just a little bit, though. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just a bald guy that's freaking ripped in a robe. He comes into play later. He actually plays a bigger role than you think he will. 
Oh, okay. So that was the introduction. I mean, I, I would hope so because, like, he's very prominently like featured for a couple pages, but yeah. then again, like, this is Mirage, where we devoted, you know, several pages to a guy who never really spoke <laughs> or added anything to his story. Yeah, true. Would you say that you didn't like that? Uh, you know what? I didn't like that, but let's talk about some other things that we didn't like. Awesome. Nobody likes anchovies. Um, that's probably the most I've ever stretched for a a segue. (laughs) No, it worked. It worked. It worked. (laughs) So, I think the only thing I really didn't like was the first issue. Um, just because like it's not a good first issue, like, and it's it's really it kind of sells itself out to like. I think the the biggest thing that ruined it for me was um, like the Mikey ending, like oh a play or a, a film by Michelangelo Productions, like because because then it, it kind of um, it kind of wipes out any like thought like you would have like any wondering you would have about like the vision of. Um, that Donatello saw and like that Raph saw because then it just makes it seem like Mikey was making everything up. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like I always thought they were all supposed to be dreams. That's the name I meant. That's the word I meant. Yeah, I always thought they were all supposed to be dream sequences, but like it does really end with like television credits, which is kind of weird. Yeah, like it 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 undercuts everything, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, nothing mattered in this issue. And I forgot to mention like um donatello like when he sees um chihaya he sees like like a flying car goes by yeah and like that's and and so like that that's neat but then like when mikey said like when mikey we get the gag at the end it just kind of implies like oh like it was all just mikey writing fan fiction yeah i i think what it might be trying to imply there with like the Michelangelo production is the fact that he starts picking up writing. Yeah, like I thought that kind of led into him talking about his diary in issue two, uh-huh. but it's so like it's so out of left field. And it the way it is in issue one is it just implies that everything I just read in issue one doesn't matter. Yeah. I think I think it's an issue that benefits from hindsight. Like after we get through this and through volume three and into volume four, like we, if you come back and read this, like it might make a little more sense. Or like th- this is kind of laying a framework for like things that might happen in the future, like uh, like Mikey's diary. But yes and no on that, you know. Which like okay, I can buy that, but I mean, like, what if it wasn't? Then it's just then then, then this is just a terrible first issue. Yeah, yeah, then it just means nothing altogether. <laughs> it's kind of just there to like foreshadow things and be like, ooh, but you know, things like the last Ronin technically never happened for the Mirage series. So like, yeah, the, the Donatello thing where he goes to Japan with Splinter's body doesn't doesn't really go anywhere. You know. Yeah. When it's supposed to happen like way in the future, right? Like that's why he sees a flying car. Uh-huh. Isn't it isn't it also like in volume four, like they just bury him at the farmhouse anyway? Yeah, I think volume four at that point. I think I think during volume four, 
uh, Peter had probably kind of ditched the last Ronan idea. I don't think it was going to happen anymore. By I, that point. I think he has a Viking funeral, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's it's not. I don't think he's buried in Japan. Yeah, like I I thought they just bury him at the farm. Or isn't isn't like doesn't somebody dig him up and say they're sorry? I haven't read most of it, so I can tell you. It's it's yeah. been a minute, like because I haven't read volume four um Might beyond be the issues that I have. That might be like a tails thing. I don't know. You don't get my turtle card yet. I gotta figure this out. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. All right. Um in my issue, at least the triceraton is blue in issue one, like the original coloring, even though they've been orange this entire time, which really throws me off and annoys me. And uh, looking at my notes, I'm realizing now that like most of my complaints about are about the coloring, despite the fact that I actually like the coloring. So, <laughs> yeah, what's what's the difference in the coloring on the in the original coloring because they recolored it for classics? What's with that? I don't understand why that why that decision was made. I really um, want to see the original colors because I'm curious as to because there's there's some things that look really weird with Jim Lawson's art on the way they decided to color it that like makes people's makes the more cartoonish look of his art you know things like the longer faces and stuff just look even weirder because they yeah. try to like detail it like it's going to be like a nose you know like it like it's there when he just has like a little line and it makes the faces look even more weird than if you were just leave them flat and black and white I, and oh, i'm just curious as to what the original coloring looks like i kind of wonder this happened with another comic i read they reprinted it and uh like they just like lost the colors like because the the ink work is kept separate from the the color proofs uh-huh and uh they just like the colorist had lost it over time. Uh, it was a book that had been reprinted like 20 years later. So I, I kind of wonder if, if maybe it was just misplaced or um, hard to reproduce with the kind of printing technology they're using now or something. I, I, don't, I don't quite know. Mm -hmm. If anybody out there knows, but let me know because it's, it's bothered me in the past, you know? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, my only anchovies in the last issue that we read, number three, um, it's like the second to last page. Like it's one of those things. I think it's dust clearing. Um, before you know, the final page of Stockman there, but you just see like gray mass, just kind of like slowly moving off panel. But the way it comes from the side and everything, like it just doesn't feel like it's unveiling anything. I don't know. It was it was kind of weird to me. It was a kind of a weird page. Uh, I'm not even 100 sure what they were going for. I, I couldn't tell what they were going for either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like an empty. Yeah. Yeah. Just like dust going by. That looks weird. Yeah. Mm. I, so, yeah, that, that bit was kind of weird for me. But other than that, I was, I was fine with these issues. Uh, I guess I do kind of have a small complaint of like the very decompressed storytelling. Uh... Yeah. So, my other two anchovies were in issue two that all of Ninja Turtles knee and elbow pads are red. It, it corrects itself at number three, but Eric Vincent clearly messed up in that issue, uh, which drove me nuts for some reason. But then, yeah, <laughs> uh, we've read six months worth of comics here. Like this is from October of 93 to February of 94. Six months worth, worth of comics. The bad guy still hasn't met the good guys yet. You know, I would be going nuts. Right? I know. If I was waiting for these, like only like you know, with the last Ronan, I already feel pretty impatient. 
you know, like as much as, you know, life is hard and, and think, you know, getting things out there is hard. I don't blame them. But like at the same time, these are like 20, 25 page issues <laughs> and you're waiting. Months. I think they're less than that. I think they're like 22. And yeah, it's, it's been two months each issue. Yeah, I would be going crazy waiting for these. Yeah. Because, yeah, not a lot happens. Like, it's not a bad story. It's just that, you know, the panels are very big and it, it's a very slow moving storyline, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for better or worse. Yeah. Like I said earlier this year, I read all of these in an afternoon, all 13 of them, mm-hmm. just because it's very decompressed. It's a lot of images with no text you know it's easy to get through yeah like i almost just kind of kept going <laughs> and i was like you know what like let's just let's just bang them all out yeah i mean we could we probably could have covered more than just three issues this episode for sure i i definitely realized that after finishing this third issue but you know yeah. what why don't we pull a city of war and do all of volume two <laughs> it will definitely be done with volume two before we finish season three right yeah <laughs> I want to keep moving through season three. We got it. We got to get going through it. Yeah, we got to quit dodging that bullet. I mean, especially with Great Boldini coming up. So, all right. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll do six issues in in one episode. Ooh, man. Ooh, oh, would man. that be too much? I don't know. Anyway, let us know by tweeting to us at Ninja Turtle PH. <laughs> all right, should we move on to what we loved about these issues? Yeah. I love being a turtle. So I actually kind of like the trippy dream sequences, you know, like they're, they're, they're interesting. It's not it, quite it, Hellboy level. It felt, it felt, it felt right at home, like coming after volume one, like it didn't feel different. It felt, you know, exactly like the same kind of stuff we saw in volume one. So it, it, it felt like an, it felt natural for yeah. these kind of dream sequences. I really love that first page of like splinter bloodied against the wall with the turtle in the foreground but you, you can't tell what turtle it is like yeah it's i think it's he was really, wearing red it was raf obviously there we go oh man <laughs> uh but yeah i mean they, they decided to print their book in color and like the first page you can tell like that's a page that needs to be in color you know it yeah. wouldn't work as well in black and white and uh i i love the interaction between splinter and donatello in this issue and just the He's like, I, I saw a village with a mountain in the background. Why would I be there? And Splinter's like, to bury me. Like, I, I, I just think that's amazing. That's an amazing bit of writing. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's, that's a good, like, hook. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm invested in this. And then it's all undercut by Mikey at the end. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, really, I really liked the scene of um leo kind of jumping over the rooftops and when he goes and stops that car um after the after the drive-by shooting mm-hmm. um because originally when i read it i thought i thought leo had killed the kid like i i i was for some reason like i it got messed up in my head and i was like oh did leo kill the kid by accident is everybody freaking out over the guy that flew out of the window when leo jammed his sword in the uh engine yeah i uh, thought it was that guy at first too yeah like when it, when the crowd is like gathering in the street and i was like oh dang like 
this is the dark TMNT that everyone always says like Mirage is. Um, turned out I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> but it but it did like it was interesting to kind of see like Leo's thought process of like, you know, he felt bad, but he was trying to rationalize it in his head. He's like, maybe that kid was supposed to die tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's such a like. I don't know. It, it, it's it's such a fatalist way to look at something as as like a situation where, you know, you tried to help, but you couldn't save somebody. So he's trying to like tell himself like you never would have been able to save them. Yeah. Yeah. No, his internal dialogue is definitely very interesting. And- yeah. Like it's it's definitely something that I've never seen other versions take uh, take on. Yeah, it kind of sucks because, like, Jim Lawson is not traditionally a writer. You know, he's he's drawn a lot of stuff, but, like, he nails these characters. I, I especially love uh, Mike's little code for Raph and the way that plays out. Just Raph, the ABC. Yeah, and Raph gets more and more aggressive, and he changes in his notebook the A to a B to a C, and then yeah. Raph's like, I'm out of here! Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, Jim, Jim Lawson just... He nails these characters. He knows them inside and out. And I, I don't know why he didn't write more, um, except that his book got canceled prematurely. Yeah, because it was a flood of Mirage Studios. That's why he didn't write more. Yeah. Well, I mean, he come he comes back and does like that huge run of tales, right? Well, I, th- I think he just I think he mostly draws. I don't know that he writes a lot more. I think well, I, th- I think Tales Volume Two was pretty much all him when Peter stopped doing volume four. Like mm-hmm. Tales Volume Two was pretty much all Jim. I've only read very early Tales Volume Two, and it's been mostly Stephen Murphy from what I've read. Gotcha. So you could be right. Yes, and if that's the case, I need I'm to right some about more. something from Mirage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and if, and if that's the case, I need to go read some more Tales Volume Two. Maybe a little <laughs> later tonight. We'll see. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the thing about the thing that's really cool about having Leo have that internal dialogue, though. Uh, is because he is definitely more of a, especially in, in these comics, he doesn't necessarily talk a lot unless he is giving orders. It helps give out, it helps flesh out that character that is very down to business uh, because you can finally actually see what's going on in his head. And so I think that's what makes that internal dialogue so interesting and makes him more interesting and elevates the character is that you're not just getting cool headed you know what everyone else sees part of leo yeah that makes him a leader uh i'm partially right it wasn't all jim but it was mostly jim cool okay it's, a lot, of, it's a lot of dan berger a uh, couple ryan brown in there uh talbot tristan jones um but yeah uh for my money tristan jones does the best turtles dialogue just if you're looking for a treat pick up a Tristan Jones book. Uh, they, they sound just how you would expect them to sound. I really want to read Tales Volume 2. I know it jumps around a lot, but... Yeah. yeah. We will definitely get to it one day. Yeah. Back to this, though. Um, did anyone else just love everything with Baxter Stockman in these yeah. issues? It was, it was interesting. It, it, I didn't realize, like, like, the DARPA place was where Baxter was for a second. Mm um but it it was you know this man just calmly cuts his brain out yeah i 
I like that he like like the robot design is awesome. He cuts his own brain out and then he like keeps his glasses, which I think is kind of cute. Yeah, like I really like that touch. Yeah, I like also this humanity type thing. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you all watch The Simpsons or not, but there's a Halloween episode where Mr. Burns cuts the head, the top of Homer's head off and takes out the brain and puts it in a robot. And I mean, it's it's like exactly like this. But even in this book, like when Baxter's top of his head is sitting there, it looks like Homer Simpson's head. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah, an I empty thought the bowl. same thing. I yeah. Because like, uh, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a treehouse of horror. I cannot remember which one. Um, I think it's the... It's one of the it's, it's one of the earlier early ones. ones. Yeah. But yeah, like Mr. Burns cuts the top of Homer's head off and it falls out and sounds like a coconut. Yeah. It, yeah. It looks, looks like a coconut shell almost. Yeah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> this this almost exactly looks like a looks exactly like that. Yeah. I love like it. You could you could tell me <laughs> that this was uh inspired by that bit. And I would totally believe you. Yeah. No, but this is definitely, I don't know, to me, it is more interesting when Baxter Stockman becomes, like, a robot than when he becomes, like, a mutant, you know? Like, this is, just because, like, the mutant thing is done a lot, you know, especially in the 87 series, so it's kind of cool to me when he becomes, like, a robot, because it's, especially in this time period, it's brand new. Yeah, like, you're not, you're not wrong. Like, um, as, as, like, iconic as baxter fly is um the turtles already kind of have mutant bad guys like they don't need fly baxter yeah and especially in this universe like that would be hard to pull off yeah because like there aren't really any other mutants like the turtles yeah and there aren't any utrams on earth anymore with ooze right yeah but if you are looking for some sort of consistency amongst all turtles stockman yes eventually does become disembodied somehow he becomes disfigured disembodied uh you know monster almost yeah uh in almost every version um which which i kind of like how idw splits the difference and has the flyborgs Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the mixture of both him becoming a robot and also a lion. They're just kind of his his henchmen that he created. Yeah. It is cool. God, IDW Stockman's just the best. It is. No, really? that one really is top tier Stockman. I won't deny. I, I also like Lats Ronan Stockman, which I think might have taken yeah. some cues from this as well. Oh, for sure. Uh, I you know, I, I got I got that feeling like I was like, you know, Lats Ronan Stockman definitely could have been like this one. Like you put him back in, not necessarily his original body, um, assuming like DARPA didn't get rid of it. Um, if like he gets put back in a body, you know what I mean? Yeah. An unwilling volunteer. <laughs> yeah. Th- this to me is another one of those things that points to Last Run and being its own continuity and not being Mirage continuity because, yeah. Baxter is not a big a robot with giant shoulders and tiny legs. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I really did you liked, notice? Sorry, sorry. Um, did you notice? Did you notice that this that the robot also had like very defined butt? I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did not. <laughs> it had like two very well defined like gluteus maximus muscles drawn. Oh yeah. 
Stockman knew what he wanted, all right? Yeah, he knew what he wanted. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted a Buns robot body that claps. Buns of steel. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a robot. Yeah. Holy cow, can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Oh, I just forgot. I had my microphone. Just forgot to grab it. It's been sitting on the floor, like, away from me this whole time. Uh, You have sounded tinny the entire time, but I did not think to ask you. Well, now you know why. (laughs) Now, yeah. Now that you you adjusted it, it's like, yeah. That's embarrassing. Well, You didn't sound bad. You sounded like you were, like, halfway down the hallway. Yeah, like it didn't yeah, sound it terrible. It just sounded like you were talking through like your earbuds or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a perfect way to describe it. Not bad. Anyway, I'm a professional. You're getting paid for this? No, I wish. Speaking <laughs> of, you guys are you guys gonna get those mics? Oh, I I don't know. I I forgot to look at them. Yeah, I, well, they go on sale pretty frequently, so I just got mine during Black Friday or prime day of whatever one it was hmm. i already have one so. oh, okay yeah thank you though. But yeah the last thing i want to bring up is that what i do like about this is the turtles growing up you know people talk about yeah the teenage side of teenage mutant ninja turtles like this is definitely them like growing up even becoming adults now like they are kind of all moving in their own separate directions kind of picking their life paths um yeah just kind of figuring out who they are now that they are you know, out now that they've left the nest of going off to college. Yeah. Like, I really, I really like that. Um, and, and that's the thing, like, I know a lot of people want that in turtles. Um, they, they want older turtles, but it's like, it's right there in the name, like teenage mutant ninja turtles. So you kind of have to earn a story of them being older. You can't just jump right into it. And I think that's why it felt so good in volume two, because it built up over like after city at war, when they kind of like make those decisions to end the, uh, the war between them and the foot, like kind of without splinter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the, that's the real first time they've grown up. And yeah. now they're kind of realizing like, okay, you know what? Like we can go off and go do our own thing. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like, yeah, like graduating from like high school or, or, college yeah. or something, you know, you now have like this open canvas ahead of you because you finally did the thing that you were supposed to do all these years. It's finally over. And now you've just got everything ahead of you to, to decide and pick and, and to move in different directions. And that, like, yeah, you're going through the same thing even though they're mutant turtles. And like, I really liked that. Mm -hmm. It's good that this, like, it's good that these first three issues at least are are decent to good. Right. Cause like, it's, it's kind of an impossible task. You're going to come in, give Jim Lawson a brand new book with, with uh, now you got to add color on top of it. And also we've taken these characters that for the last 10 years have had a, a villain and uh, we're we're taking those away entirely, and everybody's moved off in their own direction. Go, <laughs> you know, like that's a really hard thing to come in on. And yeah. it it the story works. It, it's a good story, you know. It it I, so I think that's my my only other thing with it is that 
like I said in anchovies, it's not a good number one. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, so this is 1990, what do we say, 1993, 94? Three. So 93 is issue one. You know, that's within a couple months of TMNT, the movie three. So you're kind of like, you're kind of in this period where Turtles is starting its decline, but you're, but the kids who started on 87 are old enough to start buying their own comics. And so this is going to be their first chance to get Turtles number one. And this is what you open with. Yeah, I guess if you want to like put it right next to like Turtles number one in volume one and then put mm. this right next to that, yeah, it's gonna, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It definitely would be a trippy thing if this is where you decide to pick up because it's number one and you're kind of like, what is going on? Like, what is all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, because it, because, you know, you, you pick this up and it's like, there's no like, as seen in Turtles Volume One, City at War issue number fifty-two. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's the only like callback is the Savage Dragon one. There's no like last time on Turtles. Hey, you know, <laughs> City at War happened. Yeah. So like you pick up you pick up this and you're just kind of like why, you know I just I just saw movie three when they went back in time why why does donnie have a broken leg why does this issue open on donatello still having a broken leg <laughs> yeah maybe that's why less people have read it because like even less not not a it lot of people homework. it requires homework right now a lot of people have read all of city of war and then volume two predicates itself on city of war which predicates itself on return to new york and issue one before that you know it, it requires a uh, homework like you said which it but, wouldn't be that bad if they printed like all of this in one book as well. Like even talk, talking on IDW's end. Yeah. But the problem is with no explanation, you get like the ultimate collection, which has, you know, everything that's technically like the major storylines in canon. Um, and then it just ends there. And then if you want to continue the story and read volume two, you then have to find the classics books and not just read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles classics, you have to go to the final three books in the series and read them (laughs) as volume two. It definitely is a very sloppy release that makes it even harder for someone to follow along with this whole story. We've complained about IDW's release of this series a lot, but... But you know what, guys? That's why we're here to read these books for you and explain it all. Mm-hmm. as best we can <laughs> it took me forever to find volume two and to like finally get to read it and yeah just, just to find all of this and, and like it, it was it's been like year it was like years of me figuring out this whole jumbled mess that is the way idw has reprinted these comics yeah actually i kind of like they called volume three urban legends because at least that puts it all in one yeah under one umbrella you know yeah yeah like that feels like easy to kind of track down and read yeah because even even like when we were reading volume one like there's tmnt classics which is what this is in and then there's tmnt color classics right which is entirely different color classics is just colorized versions of volume one Right, and that's different than the Ultimate Collection. 
Which is different than the Ultimate Collection. Which is different than the works. Which is different than the IDW Collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of and it's like, yeah, their their naming conventions aren't the best. But yeah, like we said at the top, if you guys want to read this, it's TMNT or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Classics 8, 9, and 10. Yeah. And if you want to read the rest of that series, the first seven, it's... Mo- well, it's all the guest era, but it doesn't have all of the guest era in it. But all of it is guest era and not enemy of the show, Rick Veach. Yes, without <laughs> Soul's Winter is excluded, and that's printed and reprinted in its own book. Um, which I hope we get to cover that someday. We will once we finish volume four, we'll go back and cover the guest era issues that we did not cover, and then we will move into archie comics all right that's the plan cool anything else we need to talk about for these first three issues or should we move on to news no i think i think issues two and three definitely made up for one uh i'm definitely a lot more interested in what's going to happen um now that you know baxter's kind of turned himself into uh you know that weird ass robot who knifes people you know yeah and i stabbed him 37 times in the chest there you go <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. It's a good start now. Yeah. All right, then let's talk about a little bit of news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So in Toy News this week uh, for Turtle Tuesday, actually a little bit before that, over the weekend, NECA, uh, some pictures started <laughs> coming out of april and casey uh neca figures but in the outfits from the northampton the farm from the farm scenes um some pictures kind of unofficially leaked of that and then neca kind of tongue-in-cheekly confirmed um that the leak was real and to stay tuned for turtle tuesday so this past tuesday they officially revealed the april and casey uh farmhouse two-pack um, so this is April and Casey specifically in the farmhouse outfit uh, that April wears. And it's just Casey, you know, in his tank top and still the same sweatpants that he was wearing the entire movie. Um, but uh, me personally, I am excited because this, this is the April that I wanted. Um, this is the outfit she wears throughout most of the movie. Um, and another little fun thing about it, uh, it leaked actually back in july uh so uh uh, john over at paternia.com uh tweeted if you follow him on twitter he is fantastic um is where i get a lot of my news toy news from um he had tweeted that a listing for this mystery two-pack of april and casey farmhouse from neca had gone up on walmart's website um for pre-order so sight unseen at six in the morning, I pre-ordered this thing on July 22nd and uh, turned out this is what it was. <laughs> hmm. Are they, so you already have it pre-ordered then? So I already have it pre-ordered. Um, now this is Walmart. So there's no telling if Walmart is actually going to keep my pre-order. Uh, it was originally supposed to be here on Monday, um, which obviously it didn't uh it's actually moved to delayed now um 
which I expected to because this set is, um, I think NECA said that it wasn't supposed to release until March. So I'm kind of okay. just hoping that Walmart hangs on to my pre-order until uh, until that actually releases. Awesome. But yeah, uh, April Casey uh, Farmhouse 2-Pack. You can see the pictures over on um, NECA's socials. Uh, comes with a bunch of accessories. The turtle wax from the uh 1990 movie accessory kit uh replacement leo sword if you broke your other one um <laughs> and uh i think it was it there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of accessories but also a big update is that uh it is an april o'neill with <laughs> with much better knees she doesn't look like some sort of lincoln log person <laughs> she doesn't yeah she doesn't look like she has prosthetic legs anymore so the uh, it's the new knees that neck has kind of been teasing that uh april would come with uh, so they're single jointed. There's still not the most aesthetically pleasing um, knees on an action figure, but they are much, much, much better than the originals. So uh, keep an eye out. Um, like I said, go follow John, uh, Persernia.com on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah. Neato. Any other toy news? Any other toy news? Uh, the BST action line, uh, so it's best action from the lowest subjects. I believe those turtles are starting to show up in um, stores now. Uh, so those are the five inch uh, turtle figures that look exactly like the SH Figuarts figures from a couple of years ago. Um, they're about $15, $20, depending on where you find them. I believe they're showing up at Walmart. Um, but I am seeing people that are actually finding them out there. Uh, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, they announced Bebop, Rocksteady, or no, sorry, uh, Shredder, Bebop, Casey, and oh, I forgot the fourth figure in that line. Um, but there are more BST action figures coming of the Turtles. Is it a foot soldier? It is a foot soldier. You are right. Okay. I'm looking at a picture of it. It's pretty mm. cool. Yeah, like they're they're kind of neat. Like the original BST action look like the Figuarts figures, um, which the SH Figuarts line ended with the four turtles. They showed off Shredder, um, and I personally saw it at Comic Con, but they never released it and have no plans to. Um, I don't even know where the prototype is anymore. But so so this one doesn't look like it's based on that original figure so it's going to be interesting to see how they do with their own designs cool all right and that is it from me on the toy front this week yeah the only other thing i could think of is i saw something for a giant sized funko of super shredder uh that someone posted Ooh. so that's 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 probably going to be coming out i haven't been I have been seeing the Secret of the Ooze wave at my local Target, so I found Toko Razar and Super Shredder. I was going to pick up Toko and Razar, but then I was like, I don't really collect pops, so... Yeah. I'm, I, I say that, too, and I think I can count 18 in the room with me right now. So. I have... Okay, so the only ones <laughs> I have in this room with me right now are... I have uh, the Rocketeer, which is... It's the original Rocketeer one from, like, 10 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Scrooge McDuck, Launchpad, and Darkwing Duck. Because you know you gotta have that trifecta. Uh, Dr. Eggman. 
and all of the Murloc pops from World of Warcraft. Nice. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those because they're all different colors. If you know Murlocs, they're all in different colors. Um, but that is it. That is all. That is all the pops that are in this room. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, everyone that's out there buying Ninja Turtle pops, you know, thank you because. You're probably the reason why I ended up getting comic book based ones. And the more you buy, the more chances I might have of getting other pops I want. So I wonder if they'll do a, <laughs> I wonder if they will do a last Ronin. Oh, they've one. got to. Like they've got to. They, they have done things of more obscure characters. Like yeah. this, each time, like I cannot emphasize this enough that every single time an issue of The Last Ronin has been released, it has been the top selling issue. Like it is outselling <laughs> Batman. Yeah. It's cool. outselling Batman, guys. <laughs> it's a big deal. Never heard of it. Never heard of Batman? No, never never heard of never heard of this last Robin. Yeah, the, the last, uh, Robin. last last Robin. It's a Bat Family book, obviously. Got it. Uh, that's yeah. why it's outselling Batman. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Everyone loves Robin now. Uh, um but yeah, I can't. I it would be amazing if they did a, a pop. I that would be one that I would buy. Yeah, totally. I would be all over it in a heartbeat. I sometimes yeah, imagine I, if they did. Imagine if they did a pop like that, like fifteen hundred dollar statue. Oh goodness! Like gracious. the same exact act pose and everything. I wish I was rich. I'd have that. Oh, I know. Me too, dude. If I was like, it's even though I'm not rich, like the, every once in a while, it'll be like just a little tempting to just, you know, take out a loan, <laughs> you know? yeah. sign up for a payment plan to get it. Right. I don't know what I, <laughs> where I'd put it. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while. First rule, first rule of collecting. Don't put yourself in debt. Oh, for sure. No, and I wouldn't be in debt for it. Definitely. <laughs> but at the same time, Anyway, totally at the same time, I really want yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I really want it. So, yeah, I, I hope we start seeing more merch like that, but in the uh, more affordable price range for poor people Definitely. like you. Um, so we have in, uh, comic book news. Comic book news. I missed it. So, this is going to be week old news by the time it's to our listeners because it just came out today uh, when we're recording is the last Ronin design archive issue one. So it's, like, it's supposed to be like the director's cut of issue one, but it covers both issues two and three. Um, I'm hoping that these books, like the stuff that's in the director's cut and it's in this will be in a compilation book. Like, like in, in, included in a book that includes all five issues and then all this stuff. Because the FOMO is real for me, and I'm half tempted to go out and get these because I'm, yeah, because I've got FOMO. But I'm sure that it will be included in them. Like, there's no way they wouldn't do that, right? Here's hoping. I don't know. Some, some, sometimes they, sometimes they want you to buy every version, every book. I know. Anyway, so that is out. And if you're like me and you've been really into this, behind are those the- available digitally too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Head on Comixology right now. But not the IDW app. No, not the IDW app. <laughs> I, I almost couldn't type my summary today due to the IDW app because for whatever <laughs> reason, it will not load my comics. And anyway, it's 
not a good app. Use yeah. Comixology, people. Yeah, I sign up for Comixology Unlimited. <laughs> we are not sponsored by them, although we would love to be. But Comixology yes. Unlimited is where I read all of my comics. Uh, it is five bucks or, yeah, five, six bucks a month, however much it is. Sponsor me and I'll get it right, Comixology. <laughs> but yeah, tons of stuff on there, including all of these books that we've been reading. Um, and uh, yeah. Cool. So I think Spencer, that's what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be going back into the 87 series. Oh man, we are. Yeah. Do we have to? Hey, we're in the, we're <laughs> are in the we there quarter. yet? We're in the final quarter of yeah, this. That's right. We're so close. We're getting there. What episodes are we watching? What numbers? We're going to be covering episodes 37, 38, and 39. What are those, Keith? Uh, the Turtle Terminator, The Great Boldini, yes. and The Missing Map. Man, The Great Boldini, huh? I've been waiting for this one. So, guys, looks like you better you better definitely listen to our podcast next week. And you can do that by heading on over to Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you guys like the show, let us know by leaving a review. Five stars if you can, four stars you know, below. Well, yeah, we appreciate those too. Uh, but that does help other people find the show, helps us know what you like, what you don't like, what we could change, what we could plus up. Um, but guys, we love you. We wouldn't be doing this without you. Um, we probably would because we love talking about Ninja Turtles, but we make an effort for you on top of that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, if you guys want to talk to us there, send us any fan art because we do fan art Fridays. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right, guys, that's our show this week. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Tuna casserole. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You found it, the most random line in the whole yep. thing. <laughs> yeah. A panel that didn't need text. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The officer says. Could it? Uh, apparently, that was nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, you learn in the next issue, which I also accidentally read because, you know, there's so little that happens in each one of these issues and it's so decompressed that uh, I thought I still needed to read one more issue and read number four today <laughs> i almost i almost started but then i was like ah we gotta record soon i don't wanna yeah yeah i think 
I think actually it is important that he says tuna casserole though, because it lets him know, lets you know that he's like, someone's in here. I can smell food. You know? I, well, I mean, I get that, but like, he could have just said like, you know, Oh, like this is warm. Yeah. You know, instead of like tuna casserole. <laughs> Wasn't the tuna casserole the thing that Casey wouldn't let Splinter make because he always got hair in the food? Or am I, oh, yeah. am I projecting that? Backwards? Is that a callback to that? It probably, I, I cannot remember now, but I, I think it might have been. Yeah. To, okay. I can. I could have sworn that there is a panel somewhere of after they bury Splinter or what's left of him, somebody digs him like a backup and says like, I'm sorry. And then, like, is it wasn't God? I could have sworn that's a thing. I, like, I can picture the panel in my head, but I, I can't find any reference to it. I'm sure we'll find it one day. <laughs> yeah, when we're reading through stuff. I know there's like a fan comic called Ninja Turtles Gaiden or something like that. Maybe it's Mutant Ninja Turtles Gaiden. But uh, Donatello like steals a a bit of Splinter's fur from his dead body or something. Maybe that's what you've seen. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, it is. Okay. It, it is. It is. In, it is. Um, from Ninja Turtle Gaiden and volume uh, four. Uh, issue 32. Oh, so he does it in both? So Ninja Turtle Gaiden and then uh, volume 432, um, it's revealed Donatello secretly cloned Splinter and keeps the failed cloned skeleton in the giant tube in his cloning lab that not even the other turtles know about. Oh, man. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, just, I know I knew I saw that somewhere. <laughs> I was gonna say because I I would have a hard time believing they dug him up in volume four because I'm pretty sure he gets a Viking funeral. So no, I think he does, and then it's like and then like Donatello like does it with um I can't remember what it is, but yeah, it's it's definitely volume four. Yeah, cool. Because like I'm looking at the panel right now and it's Donatello in that robot body, and then like who was the one that like mutated? Raphael. Was it Raph? Yeah. So interesting. Man, that just makes it even worse that we'll never get a, a finish to that story. Yeah, I'm reading uh I'm reading the Ask Peter blog, and yeah, he's just kind of like just done with uh, it. Right? Somebody somebody asked, like, oh, we did a change.com change.org petition it's like well i mean you've you you're asking the man directly like why would you a petition is to like encourage a corporation to do something like you're you can just write to the man directly on his blog spot yeah like you don't need to do that and he'll just tell you i don't want to do it (laughs) which he did he's like nothing's changed since the last time i talked about it um, what I did find interesting, though, is that he does hint that IDW does not have the rights to publish Volume 4, mm. but that isn't necessarily his fault. 
he says that he the way he worded it is it sounds like it's something in his contract with Nick so that Nick doesn't want volume four published uh, re- collected and republished really it, it was the way is the way I read it um, I gotta find it again and I'll I'll send it to you guys see what you think but um, I thought that was interesting hmm. that's interesting yeah yeah the last the last ask Peter is uh, 2017 it looks like I mean, it's, yeah, it's weird that, like, because I can't even think of a reason of, like, why Nick wouldn't want that reprinted, you know, other than maybe, I guess, they don't own it, so they wouldn't get the money off of it. Peter would. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, didn't he sell, like, everything to Nick? He sold everything but the rights to make his own comic book of them and be able to release it, I think, like, bi-monthly or however much it was. Oh, it was, like, maybe, 10 issues a year or something. Maybe there was something in there about, like, continuing volume four and the rights of that are still retained by wired i don't know yeah we could speculate all night but yeah it's something like i'll go brew some coffee and we can do that (laughs) (laughs) oof i i can't i gotta (laughs) um so mike i know you want the great boldini next yes sir i got that Uh, on lock spencer i'll take the missing map if you'll take turtle terminator Sweet. That's what I wanted. Nothing cool. like Terminator to make something sound more exciting. I uh I kind oh, of feel yeah. like we already watched the missing map. Wasn't that what happened with the kimono? Oh uh, yeah, like that was the map that was on the back of yeah. Yeah. Is it just gonna be the same episode again? Because that'll make it really easy for me to write a summary. <laughs> Peter here admits that he does not read IDW. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. I mean, why would you read a series that you don't even want to continue writing? You know, like <laughs> yeah, everyone asks him, like, hey, like, what would you do differently? He's like, I would have done a couple things, but I still would have sold turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like firm he, in that decision. Yeah, he he's no like one hundred percent. Like, I did not want these anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right, guys, I'm gonna cut out. All righty. Yep. Have a good rest of your nights and see you next week. Next week. Next week. Take care. Bye. You guys too. Take care. Bye.